Welcome to episode 54 of the RSA Resident and Student podcast series, a production of the American Academy of Emergency Medicine Resident and Student Association. RSA is an accessible, collaborative organization that fosters innovation, education, and advocacy for residents and students in emergency medicine. In this episode, Kenneth Chang, medical student at Western University of Health Sciences and AAEM RSA Education Committee member, speaks with Dr. Richard Byrne, Assistant Professor of Emergency Medicine at Cooper University Hospital. Today, Mr. Chang and Dr. Byrne discuss Dr. Byrne's talk at AAEM 18, Myths, Bias, and Lies My Medical School Taught Me. All right, hello, AAEM listeners. My name is Kenny Cheng. I'm a third-year medical student at Western University of Health Sciences in Los Angeles County, California. I'm currently also a member on the AAEM RSA Education Committee, and we're here today in sunny San Diego at the 2018 AAEM Scientific Assembly. I'm joined by Dr. Richard Byrne. Dr. Richard Byrne is Assistant Professor of Emergency Medicine at Cooper University Hospital, as well as Associate Program Director of the Cooper Emergency Medicine Residency Program. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Byrne. Thanks, Kenny. All right. So we have a very special topic. It's relevant for all of us, uh, ranging from medical students, residents, and even attending physicians. The topic today is how we get it wrong in the ED. Myth, bias, and lies my medical school taught me. And special thanks to Dr. Jessica Fujimoto, PGY2 at Temple University Hospital, for helping out with the questions. So the first thing, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became interested in medical education? Sure, Kenny. I uh, went to medical school at Robert Wood Johnson, uh, it, which was which used to exist in New Jersey. It's now Rutgers Medical School. It's kind of weird having a medical school that doesn't exist anymore. And I did my residency at Cooper uh, and came to New Jersey, stayed on as uh, faculty. I do a lot of the education stuff, so I teach procedures. I do a lot of sim lab with the residents, and I'm the associate program director there. And I got really interested in medical education when I realized how much fun it was to torture residents for a living. Nice, torturing residents. Nice. Okay. So you gave a talk at AEM titled, How We Get It Wrong in the ED, also titled of our talk, Myth, Bias, and Lies My Medical School Taught Me. So are you saying that everything I know is a lie? Pretty much, Kenny. No, I'm kidding. So (laughs) what I mean by that is medical schools do a really good job of teaching us the stuff that doesn't change too much. So for example, not much changes in anatomy, you know, healthy physiology, embryology, all that's fine. It's, I think where it falls down is when they start talking about pathophysiology and how diseases present. Because in my opinion, it's difficult to teach those things because they involve human beings. Human beings, as the expression goes, doesn't read the textbook, but that's how they teach us about it in medical school. And what happens is medical students invariably start, you know, formulating this sort of checklist type of medicine where for every disease process, they have literally memorized lists of signs, symptoms, and risk factors, ingrained them in their memory, and that's how they think diseases present. And it just doesn't pan out that way in the real world. Absolutely. Like, even, uh, even between the first two years of medical school, as what we're taught, versus um, just being on rotations this whole year, I could see that difference. The rude awakening, for sure. Definitely, yeah. But I'm getting by, and everything's been good. So say I'm a brand new intern on July 1st. What advice would you give me to reconcile the way I was taught to think in medical school with how I should start to think as an emergency medicine resident? Yeah, I do this. I mean, we get new interns in July and we have an orientation session with them. And I do a talk similar to this where I get up and I just say, listen, 
patients don't present the way that you think they're supposed to present. You know, one of my favorites that I brought up in my lecture was when you're seeing a patient and you're considering acute myocardial infarction, keep in mind, a third of those patients don't even have any chest pain, which blows their minds. I mean, I don't think medical students ever heard that anywhere, but it's true. And so I try to prep them right away to, to realize that what they learn in medical school is not how the real world kind of pans out. And I do a lecture like this and hopefully at least open their minds to the possibility that all the diseases they spent all that time memorizing, all the things that they memorized, they don't necessarily have to have all those things. They don't have to have every sign, symptom, and risk factor. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I actually haven't heard it in my preclinical years, but, you know, all those things I'd be hear, hearing from my uh, third year rotations really summarizes it. So just like in your talk, can you explain heuristics and their role in emergency medicine? Yeah, so heuristic uh, is a useful thing, and it's not just in medicine. A heuristic is basically a mental shortcut. All right, so it's an unconscious comparison of something in the real world to something in your sort of subconscious. So uh, to put it in medicine you know, parlance, when you're seeing a patient and you're thinking, could this be a pulmonary embolism? You'll compare that patient, their signs, symptoms, risk factors, their exam, to the heuristic in your mind for what you think a patient with a PE should have. All right. And, you know, and if they don't have most of them or a lot of them, you'll consider that diagnosis much less likely or just count it altogether. So a classic example is tachycardia, right? Every medical student in the world and resident and many attendings consider tachycardia. If you're not tachycardic, much less likely that you've got a pulmonary embolism. And in the real world, the incidence of tachycardia is like 30 percent. So you're discounting a deadly diagnosis based on a sign that is only present one third of the time, which is crazy. Very nice. That's a really good example to give us. So the last question, and also for a take-home message for all of us, in what ways do you think we can improve medical education to bridge the gap between medical school and residency? Yeah, it's, it's tough because I get where medical schools are coming from. They have to teach to a standardized test. On a standardized test, it's not really fair to depict patients the way they actually present. They kind of have to present in a standardized fashion on the test. Otherwise, it would be unfair. But what I think they should do, and what we need to do right away in residency, is to convince people that the way that patients present on a standardized test is not how they present in the real world. And you can start that off in the preclinical years, too. So people who teach pathophysiology should say, listen, you know, if a patient has chest pain, you have to be concerned about an acute myocardial infarction. But keep in mind, lots of patients with acute myocardial infarctions don't have chest pain. Um, and I think textbooks are kind of catching up to this. If you open, like, you know, uh, an emergency medicine textbook these days, one of the first things they'll go through in any chapter is assign symptoms and risk factors. And they're doing a much better job of saying, look, they might have this, they might have that, but often they don't have these things. And so just changing the way, tweaking the way we learn about these to have a more realistic approach to, to disease, I think, is probably the key. Very nice. It's always something we could always use. Thank you so much to Dr. Byrne for uh, joining us today. It was a pleasure, Kenny. Thank you. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast from the American Academy of Emergency Medicine Resident and Student Association. For more information about RSA, please visit our website, www.aaemrsa.org. Listen to all podcasts in this series and explore the ways you can get involved with RSA. Join us again next episode for another topic of importance for emergency medicine residents and students.